now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day and thanks for checking out Year Round Carnival. A day late this week. Normally on a Monday, we review all the best racing, generally Melbourne and Sydney. But this week, uh, courtesy of Vince Cardi's Daily Sectionals, need to broaden it out a bit because unique situation. Four states of Australia had stakes racing. G'day, Vince Cardi. Good morning, Ralphie. Yes, this is very good, isn't it? Just yeah, all over of, Australia, here we go. Bit of Leyland Brothers toll, if, you, if you're old enough to remember what the hell we're talking about there. <laughs> well, the beauty is you've got diversity of track conditions. Absolutely. So we'll start with where the Group 1 was. That was South Australia. Um, Daniel Moore added another Group 1 to his CV. I think he broke through last year for Buster and Young uh, in, with Sierra Sioux. Had a stint in Hong Kong, chose to come back come back for his family. And he went pretty happy he did so on Saturday when punching through on the inside. Glenn I Hope was a horse. Oh, I was in and out about putting it in the Sizzlers. It was, a, it was a good lead in a core field. It was sort of that next start South Australia type run just below benchmark. Once the fields came out, though, you put in your race speed profiles and a and uh, it's got the money at a, at a big price, $16 into $13. What did the clock say happened in the South Australian Oaks? Big price, yes. It was a very juicy price. There was some good value there on s- the Saturday that went by at South Australia, Rolfi. That's <laughs> the good part. Well, this is what we look for, isn't it? Wherever, they, wherever there's value, we'll try and find it. Yeah, and isn't it weird? The good horses tend to bring more value. Yep. <laughs> well, performance-wise, firstly, the race went out just below benchmark, the 0.7 below benchmark through that critical first, what's it, the 800 metre mark? Well, that's a good speed for an Oaks, generally. Uh, That's a very good speed, Ralphie. And when we look at, let's say, Glinter Hope, who I felt was in a golden position, going 5.5 lengths below benchmark or four and three quarter lengths off that lead speed, the big plus here, the move in the mid-race wasn't huge. It was pretty much from Glinter Hope's perspective, it was a near, near four lengths, 3.8 lengths, and then the last 400, very, very solid for a 2,000-metre race, going 3.3 above. Overall performance, probably a tough day to run time, 0.2 above, did make it to the top 10, so you've got to give plenty of credit there. That's usually, for a filly, to be able to break benchmark over 2,000 metres, I, I felt that that was, had a lot of merit. Race shape-wise, I saw, uh, I think it was one of the owners of uh, Daisy put out on Twitter, well, yeah, you've got no hope from the barriers under that race shape. So when, it, when a horse like Daisy's is back wide and then has to try and make ground, what the data actually show was, was its task from there? Well, the, I guess the first question is, when you've got to go an extra, say, three and a half lengths slower than Clint of Hope, in other words, pretty much being eight and a half lengths from that lead pack, you are in a pretty difficult situation straight away. The mid-race move, though, wasn't over the top, Ralphie. It was, if I compare it to Glint of Hope, it was about three lengths more. And then the last 400 metres, yes, very strong. Entitled to be strong, Ralphie, when you're saving all that energy. But really, only a length more. So when I sort of sit back and weigh it all up saying, okay, does that sort of, is that enough to bridge the gap between the two runners? The the intel sort of indicating no. It The winner would have run regardless. So basically all honours the, uh, the winner. Yep. Yep, bar rate is going well. My wisp is going well. I think it's form that can be trusted. They'll uh, they'll probably. I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them tried their luck at, uh, in the Queensland Oaks because that's generally the type of time you need to win it. True, and then a horse like let's say Barbara, 
a little bit of a negative there. Position-wise, might be a tut like a length too close. Yep. But the slow up between the eight and the four was a big negative. It lost another couple of lengths. It was only one of four horses on the card or on, on in that particular race that actually slowed. A couple of them clearly understood they're going too fast. That's fair enough. But in this case, this runner was probably a little bit disadvantaged. And that, that could be a, a, a mental scenario where they're trying to conserve energy, thinking that there might be a challenge to the distance. So the longer the distance, I think the bigger the negative for Barb. All right, so we've got a, um, a, a situation where we can compare apples to apples to a degree with the Colts and the previous race because got, we've got the derby coming up and you're watching this to the eye and you think Harley moving. Now, talk about that. That was well named because he was ha- hardly moving right out the back of the field. What are you doing, Ryan Hurdle? Um, then your data's come through. Vince, how fast were they going? <laughs> oh, can you believe it? Here we are. The lead speed, 15.7. It's brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. And even the first two runners to come 1-2, technically speaking, they're impossible positions to come from when you're going that fast. So you always say, you know, Ted Lynx is your outer limit and Damien on Jungle Magnate, he's 10.6. So that's about as far back as you can get. Yeah, huge, huge. And Harley Moon and another three further behind. So so he was the dominant lead-in winner. And this is where you've got to break these things down. And in, in his uh, lead-in win at Morphville over 1,800 metres, how slow was he going in the first section? <laughs> well, of course, you, if you're going to compare it to that, Ralph, there's a, the gap's pretty pretty huge in this particular case. There it is. Firstly, you look at the first up run, 4.6 lengths below benchmark. That was a mile race at Mornington and then went to Caulfield, 8.7. So huge turnaround in speed. Very, very big turnaround in speed. Oh, great performance. And, and a strong number as well, Ralphie, really, really strong, 1.6 above, second best of the day, new PB for the horse. Hopefully it's not backing up in the next one or two weeks. Well, two weeks' time's the South Australian Derby, so that's, uh, that'll, we'll, uh, we'll be covering that for our uh, podcast. In fact, it's three weeks' time, so if I've got, the, if I've got my timing right. So that's uh, – no, it will be two weeks. We won't be covering that. They'll be in the middle of it. So we're going to cover the Sanctuary and then two weeks after the Goodwood. Okay. So. And uh, it'll be very interesting uh, how that backs up. Your race speed profiles will come through anyway. Sorry, I was referring to Harley Moving, the favourite. So Harley Moving and its dominant uh, win leading in. Now, it's one by four lengths, hence it being favourite. But its lead speed was 20.4 lengths below benchmark, sitting yeah. second line. So this is where every race is different. Second line, he's going 20.4 lengths below. Here, he's last. 2.2 lengths above, he's going 23 lengths faster. Yeah, that's a new PB for the horse in terms of early speed. Yeah. So that's a, that makes it very tough. And this is where the dynamic shift is because when you look at that run you're referring to, Ralph, Ralphie at Morpheville, when it absolutely crushed the competition over 1,800, you're going to look very dynamic over the last 400 metres because it went plus seven. So this horse does have a big sprint, but you can see how the sprint is completely nullified just when you're going two lengths above benchmark, like it was four and a half below benchmark last 400. What a massive turnaround. And this is what happens. The injection of speed does this. Who knows what the race shape will be like in two weeks' time. Could be the reverse. But one good thing is this particular runner should be fine in terms of backing up. 
Right, a bit of insight there from Vince. Okay, and that uh, that previous race there, See You in Heaven, we'll end up our South Australian uh, uh, review there with the See You in Heaven race, the uh, the national thing that was called for the two-year-olds. You made a point in your race speed profiles. This was this was a broken benchmark. It was a good leading win, so hence it being dominant favourite. And Vince, really, this crop outside of that WA horse, <laughs> they're just not really producing. And, of course, uh, the Golden Slip went on very wet ground, Fireburn. But really, on dry ground, we just haven't seen good performances. No, I reckon next season will be the hopefully will be a stronger crop. <laughs> well, and it's also what it sets up for is don't be surprised if a horse emerges, uh, you know, from May or June or sometime from a good stable, just hasn't been mature enough for the two year olds, and it emerges and it's the type of horse that wins the Caulfield Guineas that we haven't even seen yet. That's a big probability, actually, Ralphie. A high probability of that happening, and I'll be hoping that this is what we see because. One of the things that everybody loves, particularly in this sport, as form students, we love it when we see new emerging talent. Absolutely. In uh, an Eagle Farm, uh, I'm literally opening up as, as I speak to you, but Eagle Farm, the uh, the highlight of the day was uh, was the uh, the Queensland Guineas and also uh, the Victory Stakes. Now, I was very happy with Count Rupee winning because we put a big uh, stamp on it, Sizzlers-wise. Uh, what type of – firstly, before I ask you about those specific races, how did Eagle Farm play? Yes, Eagle Farm. Well, the good news is this, Ralphie, because Queensland in recent weeks, excluding this week, they've had the scenario where they've put out the track initially as being much much better, like virtually in that G4, S5 range. And then when the races run, they run many, many lengths below that and far inferior to what was actually put up. But in this particular case, what I was really delighted to see Firstly, to the 800-metre mark, it was 0.3 above the standard, which is fantastic. Even to the 600-metre mark, again, the track raced very evenly, around half a length above the standard. And then we pretty much got to see from the 400-metre to the finish line, we were on a red-hot G3 ground between three lengths and two lengths was the, the variance. So much quicker ground. And we were definitely good all round. So this is a scenario that if you could handle good tracks, you were going to be very happy. Count Rupi uh, winning that feature there on our on our Sizzlers. We wrote uh, two lengths above benchmark, ranked fourth on the day. This is when he ran second to Kementari in that controversial race when Nash got up on the fence. After two nothing runs to start his prep, he switched on big time here. And after stalking a solid speed relative to the bog-heavy ground, he can test his best IVR figure of heading north to Queensland going forward. Minus 6 to 800, minus 5.4 mid-race, and minus 2. 10.4 last 400 with the last 200, a 3.2 length drop off after a big exertion. Fourth best last 800 of the day, but the 27th best last 200 also showed the gas out. Solid wet track indicator plus nine says he's versatile in any conditions. PB is plus five set in far, in last year's Golden Eagle. So plus two at Randwick, plus five is his PB. What did he do on Saturday? Well, he went 2.7 best of the day. Beautiful. So that was fantastic. It was an elevation on last start. And the big indicator is probably the horse is going to peak next start. So more to come there. He'll probably be targeting a group one, you'd assume, and uh, that'll be fun trying to trying to break down his performances, but we know he's got genuine quality at his best. Absolutely. And I guess the other horse that was really you know, hard in the market was Rothfire. The, I know a lot of, when you look at the trials, very impressive, but the reality is, the pressure came out, and there it is, travelling two lengths above benchmark. It's not a, an impossible speed for this horse, well within its armour. 
the move in the mid-race, going that extra couple of lengths faster, was maybe, to some extent, a little bit of uh, undoing for the horse, but it certainly blew out its conditioning. You could see the big, big drop-off over the last 400, Ralphie. Horse lost between the 6 and the 4. The horse lost 3.8 lengths of conditioning. And then the last 200, that was probably the big signal, another two lengths of conditioning. So there's no doubt this horse is going to improve, but is it going to be the rock star that it potentially showed before the the, the injury? I would say definitely not. Characters won the Queensland uh, Guineas, uh, nice and uh, nice and fit, that's for sure. Coming off that that bog heavy uh, um, that bog heavy run in the in the Derby, it had won its lead in on the five day back up at Newcastle. What did you assess its performance? Yeah, I thought this is a good performance, and it was another runner that we had to make sure was in the race speed profiles. You could see that this horse has got some sort of potential, but like everything, then I, I look at the performance. On the day, there it is. It's 1.7 lengths below benchmark. It did get inside the top 20, which is sort of like my outer bound that I sort of tend to look at, ranked 17th on the day. But I guess there was merit. The merit was this. Virtually benchmark through the first section, maintain that pace between the 8 and the 400, and was able to find something over the last 200 metres, increase the speed. Probably what nullified things was, Ralphie, when you look between the 8 and the 600 metres, there was a definite dip in the speed of around almost three lengths, and then there was that sort of explosion as they're sort of coming around that turn to try and get maximum performance. And that five and a half lengths probably did it for the entire field, Ralphie. Can that mean that this was a performance that we could potentially see horses run above that line? I would say yes, if you've still got another run in you or you're a little bit early in your campaign, you can score it up by a couple of lengths. All right. So before we switch to uh, Hawkesbury, um, a reminder, we are going – well, we're going west and we're going north from our, our base in Melbourne over the, over through May. We'll be covering uh, some big races in South Australia and Queensland. This week, the Sangster, and what will make it nice and easy, the Quaddy Legs will be covered on our preview podcast. So you can get our preview podcast via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au via events. And the Friday, we'll do the Sangster, real deep dive into that, plus the other quaddy legs. There's some really terrific racing, so I'm not sure which races they'll make as the uh, as the quaddy legs, but we'll cover the quaddy legs, which uh, our punters always want. You get the early edition race speed profiles. If you get the upgraded set, you'll on a Sunday morning, we'll send you an updated podcast covering every race, and that's an accompaniment to Vince's race speed profiles, which is the best information you can get on a Sunday morning. So, like I said, we'll be covering South Australia this week in our preview podcast, the Group 1 Sangster and the other quaddy legs. Hawkesbury Vince, how did Hawkesbury play away their, their standalone meeting? It looked like a bit of, bit of quality there. Yes, yes, quality, of course. They still couldn't quite <laughs> get away from the right. I don't want to laugh, but goodness me, it's such a hard thing to do, isn't it? Is get away from this rain. I mean, we, we are coming into wintertime. The beauty was this. If I look at the just a snapshot for the day. Race one was minus 25, but they were the two-year-olds, Ralphie, 1,400 metres. I get it, right? Yeah. And probably a more realistic insight was after that. Race two, 12.7 below. Race three, 17.5. Race four, 27. Race five, this is a, probably, the, again, the rock-solid guide comparing it to race two, around 13. So what we could say, and then I finish, we finish off the day, the last two races, 
Mr. Mozart was around minus 14.7 raw and exotic ruby 18.4. So what that really meant for me was we were rock solid in that S7 range, which is far better than what we'd seen like the week before at Ram, which was probably the, the slowest set of data I'd, I'd I would have to say I'd seen, I would say ever, you know, like 58s and 60 below. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back and research 30 years plus just to, just to frank that, but oh, wow. So this was good news. So, uh, and and what you made clear in your ASP profiles with Hawkesbury, it's on paces, but you do have to just get off that rail into the, into the better part. And if you get in the better part first, there's your advantage. Exactly. And this is uh, no surprise. It's not a, it's not an easy place to win at Hawkesbury, just the way that a track is structured, and you know, of course, it's it's a fairly long straight, but it's not a really wide long straight. So you do have to get your momentum going at the right time, and if you don't, then you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. And of course, in this situation, if you run through the helicopter view, you can see that critical point of two hundred was actually the second softest part of the track where normally what we see is in that last stretch of ground it's usually the best ground but this wasn't the case the best ground was actually the swing from the 600 to inside to the 200 meters that was the best part of the track so the Hawkesbury Gold Cup was won by Mr Mozart on our Sizzlers from Newcastle 1.3 links above benchmark ranked second on the day two in a row been improved from benchmark previous start on very wet ground and his PB to date is plus two in the start last year Mooney Valley so there's scope for improvement 3.3 the 800 minus that is okay speed in the going before 1.5 mid race minus 3.3 last 100 last spring showed brilliant early speed above 10 on firm ground so he has tactical versatility what did he do on Sunday yeah good solid performance Ralphie Fourth best of the day, so that's the improvement on the on the week before by a few, and 1.2 lengths above IVR benchmark, virtually identical to what happened at Newcastle. So excellent given the conditions. Uh, Ty Kunis is a horse we've uh, put a bit of a stamp on over the uh, over the summer and previous times, and it was this classic equation of a first up horse who's strong at 1100, 1200 versus Malkovich, who was always going to be the one to run down. Uh, he's, he's he's a good. Tough on pacer, but eleven hundred just that end of distance range, and sure enough, that's where it sort of picked picked off. Yeah, well, this was a runner that we wanted to make sure in the race speed profile we weren't going to miss Ralphie. That um, especially with Waller, you could just sort of see even with that leading trial that this horse was going to be a high probability of being reasonably forward, and the performance was rock solid. Plus two, best of the day performance. First up, well, that gives you a few indicators. One. Horse was reasonably forward in condition. I wouldn't say rock hard. Yep. Because I look at the just that little bit of taper over that last 400 metres indicates to me that there was probably still a length, length and a half to come. And then when I sit back and I just take good note and say, okay, is there a possibility you've come to a new level? And all the indicators are clearly saying from the intel that this horse has potentially come back a length better horse, which is fantastic because we already know this horse is a rock solid plus two horse and we can expect this horse potentially to run somewhere around three, three and a half in the campaign if it gets the right sort of shape on the day. Sounds like Miss Hall will be putting it on the float and taking it up north and we'll be talking about it in the Queensland uh, previews. Well, that'd be smart if they do that. Yeah. Uh, blowout in the Mayor's race in race eight, the, uh, what was it, the Hawkesbury Crown, it was called, Exotic Ruby. Uh, how did it win? How did Papali get the finish? $26.41. Well, it's a hard one. I guess the big thing for me was this. When you look at the structure of the race, lead speed 6.4 lengths below benchmark. 
So the leader, exotic ruby, travelling roughly the same speed. Yep. No move in the mid between the eight and the 400 metres. And, yes, the finish, there was some finish, uh, if we're looking at Papali, that probably made some sort of finish, but 2.7 lengths below benchmark last 400. The winner, Exotic Ruby, actually weakened by about a length. So it was all about the positioning of the run through the first two-thirds of the race that dictated. In other words, coming from a back position, even four or five lengths off the speed was virtually impossible. Kerwin's Lane was awesome. We put a big uh, stamp on over the summer. He had a terrific summer, and first up, he, he ran that Ramwick, on a Ramwick bog track. So as you said, this was this was heavy again, but it wasn't bog bog heavy, and it was a good performance. To the eye, it looked like a peach of a ride from Tom Sherry. What did the data say? Yeah, it was Ralphie. Four lengths below benchmark first section. Just a, a slight move between the eight and the four hundred. Again, when we sort of looked at the helicopter view, this was one of the toughest part of the tracks. So you had to use a fair bit of energy through that section. And then last 400, even though there was a depletion going 10.4 lengths below benchmark, mind you, the majority of the horses went significantly worse in that last 400. There you are, second best of the day, 1.4 lengths above benchmark. And hopefully the people that looked at the race speed profile would have been keen to be on it because... It profiled really strongly, Ralphie. All right. I, I can't help myself. So rather than talk about Sandow, there wasn't much to it, Sandow. Can you can you just open up Anzac Day? I, I just want to put this down on record. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I'd love to do that for you, Open Ralphie. up Anzac Day, Flemington. Uh, yep. we, we've set the breakdown to all our, our loyal members. Uh, but yeah, just, just so we can get on a record for going forward, can you give some insight into Star Patrol's booming seven-length win up the straight? Okay, so let me – what was the day this of that, was, Ralphie? This was the 25th of the 4th. 25th of the 4th, yeah. okay. So last Monday, eight days back, race six on the program, best of the day. Uh, we watched it. Our, our, ah, yes. Your fell over. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. Did your fall over? Just, just, yeah. just, we just want to put this one on record. Yeah, if I remember, it was about plus four, firstly, just it opening was. up the file now. Boom. So, <laughs> yeah, plus four. <laughs> so, so plus four is a starting point that – um, well, this is fact, up the Flemington Strait, it would have won several recent Coolmores and new markets. Well, firstly, one of the big things you can look at is the raw figure, Ralphie. Yep. It's a plus five raw figure, so slight downgrade. If you compare it to the whole day, there was no other horse that remotely come close to that. Yes, in terms of above benchmark on the raws. And then you look at the breakdown and the splits. This was hot. 1.3 above benchmark through the first 400 metres. Maintained that speed between the 8 and the 400 and actually increased the pace over with the overall last 400 metres, which is just like, it's pretty solid. And, and there was a little dip between this, this, you know, just inside the 600 metres to the 400 metres. It was about a half-length dip. I don't know if we can critique it enough to say we're going to add that half length on. I'd say probably not, but what it definitely says is that's a very rock solid firm performance. So this is, you know, in in to, to make it a dumber term, if you like, via uh, your data though. But this is sort of high group two, low group one level. Absolutely, at, at that um, level, Ralphie. No question. <laughs> I just wondered how that all happened. So I'm trying to, yeah, same. So I'm trying to figure out. So so uh, 
they took first start for Clint McDonald um, yep. at Packenham, wins by five lengths. Ollie's basically, you know, never let it go. So it's got off the chain here. So finally they've, they've found out what they had. Uh, the other thing, first start, Clint McDonald, I think I'm right in saying, and I'm just going to uh, double check this yet. Uh, so the tongue tie goes on. So maybe there was a breathing issue. Well, if it's a breathing it's issue, that's a challenge, start. right, into the future. Yep. So hopefully it's not a roar or anything like that because sometimes you just get one big golden run out of them. Yep. But if it's just a matter of a tongue tie and that's it, then yep. it's it could get pretty explosive with this horse. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at some of the comments here in, the, when it, in its previous uh, stable and it hung out and did, did some things wrong. So maybe maybe that was part of it too. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if a horse can breathe properly and previously it couldn't, that's going to be a bit different. But I just wanted to put that on record because that's a, that's a pretty serious win. It was. And overall in the day, the most powerful last 800, which is another good sign what it just means is you know this horse has got excellent sustained speed for 800 metres and that's a great asset for a 1,200-metre horse. It's a very, very strong asset. Who knows? Maybe even a bit more ground. All right. Well, this morning all our members are getting the top five of the uh, Sydney uh, Autumn Carnival, the Group 1, so the top five Group 1 performances. Our Group 1 members will be getting that email, so we thank our members who, are, who uh, basically keep us going. And once again, if you want to be part of our preview podcast for South Australia this week, the Big Sangster meeting, via my website, racetrackalfie.com.au. Click through via events, you'll get that. And all of Vincicardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au.